Um, anyone have a testimony they'd like to share just before we open up the scripture? Oh, I was going to, yeah, I'll let you share. Let me say this before I have Belly share. Uh, because it's Wednesday night, this will be question answering night. So if you have any questions regarding these things that we're about to look at, I want you to make sure that you uh, uh, don't, listen, don't wait until it's over with and come to me after church and be like, Pastor, I had a question, but I didn't want to ask him for everybody. I go answer your question. You're going to have to Google it. <laughs> no, uh, you guys got to, you, you have to understand that you, you may feel like it's silly or stupid. It's not, it's not really. Um, it's, uh, uh, don't, don't be afraid of what people might think or how people might perceive your question. Just ask it, and, um, and that'll give us all an opportunity to hear it. And then sometimes what happens is uh, the Lord will give other people a different perspective, and, and you'll get many different perspectives on the same on the same thing. So uh, it's always a, it's always a good time. It's not quite like Koinonia here on Wednesdays. That we you know we have one time a month we get together in our homes and we have Koinonia. You know when we started doing Koinonia, the whole the whole my whole desire for Koinonia was for us to be able to share what the Lord said to us. You know in in a church in the church in our services because God meets people where they're at, and some of us we we think we're the only ones going through what we're going through. In fact, we're, we kind of, you know, sometimes we're kind of quiet because we're like, don't know about nobody, you know, you know, but the truth, the truth is, is that the Bible says, don't think that it's strange when you're going through a fiery trial, your brothers and your sisters all over the world, some of them are enduring the exact same thing. So Bailey, <laughs> Bailey has a testimony. <laughs> God of increase, so I know you're going to come through, because um, he's a server at Interurban, and he told me last night that the last table he had gave him a 100% tip, Oh, God bless you. Come on, Jesus. Come on, come on Lord. Amen. Thank God. Amen. I have a testimony as well. I have two. Make sure it's, is it on? it is on. Okay. Do you want me to turn it off? No, no. It's a, probably an issue back there. Um, And and plus trusting God anyways. I know that's not my source. And so um, without even trying that hard or trying really a whole lot, I got two clients that replaced every bit of those five clients. Come on, Jesus. And it ended up being a little bit more, just like the Lord, like just Amen. a little bit more. And Thank then God. put his little fingerprint on there. And then... Um, Amen. Yeah, not there yet, but amen. Alicia! Um, hey! So that was my first testimony. And then my second testimony was that I had Miss Rhonda agreeing with me for some direction having to do with my business and some other things. And the Lord spoke to me about it since she prayed just a couple of days ago and showed me. And basically, you know, he's like, keep doing what I told you to do. And when I need you to do something else, I'll let you know. But still, you know, when you have, because there's some shifting going on in my life and in my heart, and I know it has to do with the Lord. It's not a negative thing. 
but still it's good to know that you're right where you need to be at the right time. So, Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Um, so we have an awesome testimony. Um, my nephew, he fell into some bad things um, for, a little, for a little while. He's been doing some inappropriate drugs, and he got a DUI the other day. So huh? last week, last week. Um, so my sister, she called us and she told us about it and she was like, bro, I need you, you know, and I'm like, I need you to be bold, sister. You got to be bold. That's your son. You have to step up. You got to lead him because he wanted, he's like, I need, I want to, I want Christ. So he opened the door already. He's like, like, sis, he's telling you he wants Christ. You know what to do. But she's like, I need you, bro. I'm, you know, so we had him come over Saturday and my wife and I, we ministered to him. We prayed for him. And bef a little bit before this, um, God spoke to, to me personally because I was like, I need Cherie. I need Nakia. I need somebody to come and, and help me and help us with this. And he was like, no, you guys know how to do this. This is all you. This is what I've set you up for. You know, this is, you're fine. And then all of my stressors went away with that. But we ministered to him. We prayed to him. And we prayed with him, excuse me. We prayed, uh, you know, he gave his life to Christ. And Amen. we prayed, you know, um, we got him a Bible with his name on it from Mardell's. And while I was talking to him, I kind of felt like, I don't know if he's receiving this. But as soon as we gave him that Bible, his eyes lit up like it was Christmas. Praise God. Santa Claus came. And Praise I knew God. it there. I was like, he's, he's serious about this. So the next day, Sunday, he got baptized at my sister's church in Lawton, and he, you know, they, they did some other stuff there, but I mean, it's a huge testimony because my nephew, he's, you know, of course, but God's working with my wife and I in, you know, bringing the lost souls to Christ, and I'm very, that's a huge testimony for us. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Thank God. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so my parents just called me the other day and uh, told me that they're selling a uh, lot and they're going to give me the money for the lot. Well, praise so, God. Praise God. So we're super excited about that. That's awesome. Amen. Money cometh. Money cometh to you, Joe, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. That's a great testimony. Praise the Lord. Praise so God. So on the one with the clients, the the two that replaced the Deja five. Vu. No, go ahead. Um, not only that, when I went and looked at the time as well, I had a half a day back. Hey. So the time I spent on those five, I actually am spending less time on the two with a little more increase in the pay as well. So there's that. But Anna... Had a plumbing issue. Wait a minute, Anna's this, that's Anna's testimony. That she don't she don't remember though. She didn't say she had a testimony. <laughs> Let me tell so, somebody else's testimony here. So <laughs> I was involved in this testimony actually, but Anna and I agreed you know, for the plumbing lot, issue that it would be done by the end of the day, and she wouldn't have to deal with it. And it was answered. And so by the time she got off, it was done Praise by her God. nanny, which is what our prayer was, and by somebody else. So Amen. Thank God. Thank, where is Ted, by the way? Someone call up the Davis to be there. Oh, 
Yeah. <laughs> that's nothing new. He, that's nothing new. He, that's every day. What is he talking about? <laughs> Praise God. No, anyway. Praise the Lord. All right. Open your Bibles with me. Here's what, here's what we want to, I want to talk to you all about. Of course, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has been our golden text. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says this. It says, um, what does it say? Somebody tell me. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now, if you have a paper Bible... That word gifts is italicized, and the reason why that word gifts is italicized is because it was added by the translators to try to bring clarity to that verse. And really, it didn't do us any justice because when you read that, uh, the entirety of that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I don't know if you know that this was, an this, was a, this was a letter that was written to the church at Corinth. So when it was sent to them, it didn't, it didn't have chapters and verses. That was added uh, later on. It was just a, a single letter. And so, um, but when you hear Paul talking throughout the rest of the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, you, you know that he does, he's not just talking about spiritual gifts, but he's talking concerning the things of the Spirit. So uh, that word gifts, so if you read it with, in the way uh, without that word gifts, which the translators tried to add for clarity, it says this, now concerning spiritual brethren, I would not have you ignorant. And in other words, now concerning the things of the Spirit. So what we're doing is we're, we're covering these things. We don't want to be ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit because the Bible tells us that we shouldn't be. Talisha, I am so glad that you're here today. We get to see Sophia today. Praise God. Uh, so excited. But uh, anyhow, so uh, we've been talking about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. And um, right in the, you know, I say right in the middle. I started this last January. So in January, I don't know if you all realize that, but in January of 2022 is when we started this. And here we are in March now of 2023, and we are still talking about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and the reason being is because the Lord, every time we'd get on this, the Spirit of God would breathe on it. And it blows something up and give us revelation. How many of you know that's how the Spirit of God moves? Is he, will, he will breathe on something. He'll, he'll uh, you know, there's the Logos, the written word. And uh, Logos uh, is what we, you know, what we have in written form. But then there's the Rhema word. Uh, and the Bible talks about Rhema, the Rhema word. And the Rhema word is uh, you could translate that the living word or the spoken word or the inspired word. So when we, when we read the Bible, it's logos. It's, it's the written word of God. But when God's word comes off the page and becomes alive to us, that's rhema. That's a rhema word. And um, that's, that's what man doesn't, you know, when the Bible says man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's what it's talking It's talking about rhema. It's talking about revelation. It's what Peter got when Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? And he's, you know, a different ones said this, different ones said that. And then he said, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And uh, Jesus' response to him was, flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Or in other words, what he was saying was this. You didn't come to this conclusion with your natural senses. 
You didn't come to this conclusion because of what you saw with your eyes or what you heard with your ears in the natural or what you felt with your physical body. But you came to this conclusion based on a revelation that came out of your spirit by the Holy Spirit uh, as a result of my Father in heaven showing it to you. Amen. 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 That's a rhema. That's a rhema. And that's, that's what God intended for his people to live by. So, I mean, we have the written word. And how many of you know the written word is extremely important? But the Bible also says this, that the letter or the word without the spirit is dead. And so we need God's spirit to breathe life into the word of God. So it's made alive to us. How many, let me ask you all this question. How many of y'all have ever been reading the Bible and read a, a portion of scripture? Maybe you read it several times before, but all of a sudden one day you're reading it and all of a sudden it comes alive to you. It's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, that just, that, that hit different today. That, that just, that's just, it, something happened with that. That's, that's Rhema. That's when, that's when the Spirit of God breathed upon that word, made it come alive. And now it's not just a, a word on a page for everybody. It's God's word specifically to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, then, then you can kind of take what, you know, uh, and I hope I'm not, I hope uh, y'all understand what I'm saying. Um, so anyway, uh, as the spirit of God has been moving here, as we've been going over this, uh, these, uh, these scriptures, uh, concerning the gifts and ministries of the spirit. Of course, when you start preaching about the spirit and the Holy spirit and his works and how he works and what he does, uh, he's going to start doing what you're, what you're talking about. He's going to do, uh, the, the God will, uh, God will demonstrate his word with signs following. He'll follow his word. With in fact, it's, a, it's the way it happened all throughout uh, Scripture in the New Testament. The disciples went out and preached the word, and then the Bible says God working with them with signs following. So God will always follow his word to, to prove it. He'll watch over his word to perform it. Uh, but what we've, what we've established is we've established what the gifts are, you know, um, and what the ministry gifts are. So the ministries of the Holy Spirit that came to man are listed in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, those gifts are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. We call these fivefold ministry gifts. Uh, so apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Um, those gifts, the Bible says Jesus gave those gifts to men and God sets those gifts in the church. Now we know that not everybody is an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. You have to be called of God. Amen. God, you have to be, that gift has to be given to you by Jesus. The call has to come from God. If you don't become aware of that call, you can't pray yourself into a calling. Right. Y'all understand that? Um, if you're not, if God hadn't called you to be an apostle, prophet, a, 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 an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, no amount of your praying... <clears throat> No amount of you studying, no amount of you fasting is going to put you in a ministry, a gift. God chooses those people. You say, well, how does he choose them? I wish I knew. I'd have tried to duck out. You understand? Because I'll be honest with you. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather serve in the house of the Lord doing what some of y'all do than be up here preaching and talking. Because that was my, I'm, I'm, I'm a natural introvert. I'm not a natural extrovert. So I had to. I had to change a lot of things that were uh, built into my physical DNA. I had, to, I had to do something opposite of that in order to fulfill the call 
and position myself for the calling that God placed on my life. Know this, that if God puts an anointing on you to function in some sort of ministry, probably the ministry he wants you to function in is going to, is going to cr cut a cross grain with who you are in your own personality. It's going to require you to have to get out of what, we, what we like to call your comfort zone. Yeah, some people say, uh, I had one, one person asked me one time, they said, I, I can't find comfort zone anywhere in the Bible. I said, that's right, because the Bible takes you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> but you know, the Bible does talk about it. It talks about walking after the Spirit, not walking after the flesh, uh, doing uh, the things of the Spirit, not the things of the flesh, and that's taking you out of what you're comfortable doing, out of what you feel like you're capable of doing, and God launching you out into things that you're going to have to trust him for the ability to get done. Amen. That's kingdom living. Yes. Kingdom living is when we don't live according to the world system, but we live according to the word system. When we trust the spirit of God uh, to, to, uh, uh, to lead us and to guide us and to elevate us and promote us uh, above uh, the things of this, you know, that uh, above the things that, um, that those that, with, that are without Christ are subject to. So anyhow, um, so if you're, if you're called to be an evangelist or a apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, then um, that, will, that calling will have to come from the Lord. And listen, no amount of people laying hands on you, listen, people can lay hands on you till you're bald-headed like me. I mean, they can rub every hair off of your head praying for you. They can empty bottles of oil on your hair, uh, on your head. That, that, all the praying in the world, if God hadn't called you, and I, w I wish people could get that because there's some people they just want so badly to be used of God in some ministry gift that they don't, they don't realize that it doesn't matter how much you want it or how much you desire it. If God hadn't called you to that capacity, it's not going to happen. You just have to, you have to walk in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the anointing and in the gifting and in the calling that God has called you to walk in. And uh, uh, if, if that means that you're a waiter like Stephen, it doesn't mean that God won't use you. That's, that's what we've been talking about. So then there's uh, spiritual gifts that the Bible says are for every believer. So when we read on in chapter 12, and I'm, I'm just, uh, you can tell I'm just covering some things for, for folks that maybe haven't been with us the whole time. So then there's uh, spiritual gifts. Now the Bible says this. In fact, let's read on. Uh, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I'm not have you ignorant. Next verse, Job. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, even as you were led. Uh, wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus cursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. And this is the verse I want you to see. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. To profit with all. So when it comes to spiritual gifts, they're given to, to who? To every man. Notice how it didn't say they're given to Benny Hinn. Notice how it doesn't say they're given to, uh, you know, Todd White. They're given to, uh, uh, who else? Somebody help me out here for somebody else. Uh, Kenneth Copeland. Uh, it says they're given to every man. So who is every man? Now, let me ask you a question. Who is the book of 1 Corinthians? Who is, who is that letter written to? The church at Corinth. The church at Corinth. So it wasn't written to every man at Corinth. It was written to believers at Corinth. Right. Now, believers at Corinth, we know they were baptized in the Holy Ghost 
because the Bible says they spoke with other tongues. So not, they're not just Christians, they're spirit-filled Christians, Christians that are filled with the Holy Ghost. So what Paul is saying is this, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every spirit-filled Christian. In other words, if you're a believer and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, then the manifestation, uh, manifestations or the gifts of the Spirit, God intends to use you in at least one, but probably more than one of these gifts. And, and, we, and we, can, we, can, we determine that. Now listen, listen to what I'm saying, folks. God's word is the authority here. Not your opinion. Not your experience. You know what? You can't live. Uh, you can't, God don't want you living by your past experiences. He, went, he wants us living by faith in his word. And so even if your previous experience seems to contradict what this scripture says, you've got to reject your previous experience and embrace what the word of God says. Amen. Amen. For example, you know, Bible says by the stripes of Jesus, we were, we are. And I mean, I'm, and I'm making, I think it's safe for us to assume if we were healed according to scripture. And, and then later on in first Peter or second Peter, I can't remember which Peter it is. One of those Peter. And, and it says there, we are healed. So in Isaiah, we were healed. In, in the New Testament, we are healed. I think it's safe for us to assume that we forever will be healed. Because of what Jesus did. Because the work that he did is eternal. Now, I'm going to tell you something about myself. I don't battle much with sickness, with infirmity. I don't battle much with disease. But you know what? Sickness will try to come. See, that's, that's what people say. Well, if we're healed, why am, I, why am I feeling sick? Because sickness is going to try to come. Because sickness operates naturally in the earth. And we're in this world, even though we're not of this world, we're in this world. So guess what? Guess what's happening to some of y'all? Some of y'all are starting to, uh, starting to have symptoms of allergies right now. Because of the wind that's blowing and because of the time of year that it is. There's some people like Ted, you know, <laughs> can't make it to church because he's sick. Now me, place I'd be if I was sick is at church. But I, I think it's okay for him to be at home because... He don't work. He don't walk too fast. And if he has to go to the toilet, better for him to stay at home. So anyway, <laughs> he don't walk too fast. <clears throat> but anyhow, so sickness is going to try to come. Infirmity is going to try to come. Disease is going to try to come. Why? Well, because man fell. Adam fell. And when Adam fell, he turned over the ownership and the lease that was on the earth. He turned it over to Satan. And when Satan got a hold of the lease of this earth, the Bible says he became the God of this world. And along with sickness came disease and infirmity. God never intended for that to be. But there came sickness, disease, infirmity, and trouble. Now, Jesus came to break that curse over mankind. And so when we accept Jesus as our Savior, amen, glory to God. He, he, the Bible says that... Uh, um, we pass from death unto life, from darkness to light. Now, hang with me. I know, it, I'm, I know I'm telling you all some things, and some people never, y'all be surprised at how many people have never heard this stuff, and how many, how many of you that you've heard it over and over again, yet it, it's still hard for you to grasp it. It's hard for you to get it. 
It's hard for you to understand. You know why it's hard for you to understand? Because we've heard religious, traditional people tell us how miserable and how rotten we are and how terrible we are and how that if we don't watch our P's and Q's that we're going to hell. I mean, I grew, I grew up in, around people in the Spanish church. My grandparents, Puerto Rican grandparents, they went to the Spanish church. And listen, you couldn't even walk, you couldn't even walk by a movie theater at the Spanish church without the threat of going to hell. Man, I would, you know, there were times I would pray. I, I, I grew up around, you know, my grandparents, and they, they had so much religion in them that when I'd ride my bike past the, the theater, I'd be like, oh, I hope, I hope the trumpet don't blow right now. I might not go because I looked over at the movie poster. <clears throat> chewing gum used to be, I mean, they said chewing gum was a sin. I never understood that until one, one holiness preacher explained it to me. I, 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 said, I said, I talked about chewing gum being a sin. I said, man, I still don't understand why chewing. He said, you don't know why chewing gum is a sin? I said, no. He said, man, let me fill you in. And he, 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 uh, he schooled me on the doctrine of chewing gum being a sin. And some of y'all going to hell right now. Chewing your gum. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> chewing, gum, chewing gum is not a sin. But, but in the holiness church, did any of y'all ever hear that? See, that was, in the, listen, in the Spanish church, everything was, if it was fun, it was a sin. Oh, yeah. If it was fun, it was a sin. But you know why chewing gum was a sin? He said, chewing gum was a sin, he said, because uh, he says your mouth is lying to your belly that something is coming down. And he said, ain't nothing coming down. He says, and if your mouth is lying to your belly, that's a sin. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah, isn't that crazy? But see, religion, religion tries to get in there and tries to persuade us that these things aren't true. Listen, when Jesus came, Jesus came to deliver you out of darkness and into light. Out of poverty and into wealth. Out of sickness and into health. Are y'all hearing me today? Amen. He came to help you. Listen, some of you are like, well, I made my bed. I'm going to have to lie in it. Guess what? Jesus came so that the bed that you made, you wouldn't have to lay in it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He paid a debt he did not owe, and I owed a debt I could not pay. You say, yeah, but what if my nonsense got me into it? He, see, that's the thing. God knew. You know God knew what he was getting into Amen. when he took you on. <laughs> we, we act like God didn't know nothing about us. Listen, God knew you backward, forward, up, and down. He knew you sideways. Every, God knew you every way you could be known. Amen. And he took you on anyhow. Amen. Amen. Do you know one because you wanted him that you got born again? In fact, the Bible says, of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. It was because he wanted us that we got born again. It was because he chose us that we were. We didn't choose him. He chose us. When we were broken, when we were defeated, when we had no place else to go, he, he took us at our lowest point And he knew, listen, he knew good and well that we wouldn't cut the mustard. But he took us anyhow. Who's that old, who's that prophet, that old prophet that took and married him a prostitute? Y'all remember? No. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't Hosea. It was, uh, who was it? So to look at Google it, Tyler. I can't, I always, I always forget. 
Uh, was it Hosea? That's it. It's okay, Hosea. Okay, it was Hosea then. Do you know that, 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 that whole story, that whole picture of Hosea marrying a prostitute is the picture of Christ in the church, of God and his people. <laughs> Come on, y'all. That <laughs> When God told him to marry that old girl, Listen, I want to tell you something. That's rough. Isn't that, isn't that rough? The man of God. The anointed man of God. He ain't finding his woman at church. God says, go to the red light district. And, and he goes to the red light district to a woman who's a prostitute. Now, here's the thing. You think the story would be that the prostitute would get in the presence of God and be transformed. And there was a change for a while. But then the prostitute went back to her ways. But the prophet wouldn't let her go. Are y'all hearing this? Amen. See, so we, the reason why I'm telling you all this is because we've got to, we've got to remember. No, mat, no, matter what, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing. No matter what the obstacles of your life are, no matter what trouble the enemy tries to send your way, uh, you, you, have to, you have to remember, you are the beloved of God. You are the, listen, you need to, some of you need to break out one of them old Stevie Wonder records and be listening to, you are the sunshine of my, and you need to be looking at a picture of Jesus while, 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 while it's playing. You are the sunshine of my life. <laughs> yes. Listen, God, God loves you. He loves you with all of his heart. And he knew exactly what he was getting into when he chose you as a, as a, uh, a bride. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so all of these ideas that go through your head, when it comes to being used by God and the gifts of God being manifested through you, you've got to quit believing that these things can only happen based on your performance. You've got to quit thinking that your prosperity and the answers to your prayers and your sicknesses and all that, that those things are only going to go if you live right. Do you know that everyone Jesus healed wasn't living right? If living right was, was a pre-qualification for receiving healing, Jesus wouldn't have been able to heal anyone because nobody living, there wasn't nobody saved. The fact is, is that Jesus, when he took stripes on his back, didn't just take stripes on his back for people that lived right. He took stripes on his back for people that were lost. In fact, Jesus said it. He said, it's not those that are well that need the physician. It's the sick that need the physician. And so not that you should put yourself in precarious situations or put yourself in situations that are, that are unbiblical, but you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, God is much closer to those who are not living right than those that believe they are living right. And the reason why he is is because those are the ones he's looking to, amen. 
Listen, does, does a shepherd hang out with those sheep that are playing nice and being good and all in a, you know, most, yeah, he's watching over them, but usually from a distance. And he's usually at a distance because there's that one ignorant sheep that falls in a hole. That, that, looks at, that looks at Wiley Coyote, you know, with a, with a sheepskin hanging over his back, you know. We're we trying to mate with Wiley Coyote. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I've been that sheep. I've been that sheep. Anyhow, so I don't, I don't typically battle with sickness, but, um, oh, man, it's been a couple years now. This pain started in my, it felt like I got this pain in my chest. And... I was just like, well, you know, it was a real uh, light pain. <laughs> and for two years, you know, honestly, I didn't even pray about it. It was, it, it was, it, it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even that annoying. You know, just one of those things that you think is going to come and go. But here I am two years later <clears throat> and still battling with that pain. Now, you know what the old devil tells you? Mm. What's wrong with you? You got chest pain. You know, you be watching something on YouTube, and then you get one of those ads. Do you have chest pain? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Happened to everybody, don't it? Yeah. Now, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? Honestly, I, maybe, I, maybe, maybe I've come to a place in my, in my walk and in my life where I'm just so fully persuaded of what God said. But, but honestly, and, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but you know, anytime the devil came and talked to me that way, I'm like, you lying. I'm like, in the name of, I said, even if it was, so what? Even if it was, so what? I mean, it might be a muscle. It might be, a, it might be something in my back. It could be a number of things. It might be a shoulder. It might be something that I pulled. It could be any number of things. But here's the thing, no matter what it is, I, it's the same solution every time. Amen. There's a stripe that he took on his back that is the answer for my sickness, for my disease, and for my infirmity. Glory to God. And, and, you know, and, then, and then my next deal is this, and in the name of Jesus, I receive my healing. Well, you know, this morning I went to get a checkup at the doctor, you know, and... Um, I went in for an oil change. You hit a certain age, you got to go in for maintenance. And well, you don't really have to, but you, you, know, you go and have them check you out, pull some blood, tell you what you know. And uh, so I went in. I, I, honestly, it's been so long since I've been to the doctor. They said, well, we're looking up here. All we have a record of is, um, what was it that they had a record of? Oh, that when I went and I had a COVID test in 2020. They said, other than that, that's all we have. I said, well, that's all there is. They said, so when's the last time you were, in the, you, you were at the doctor? I said, well, <clears throat> I said, to, to, to be examined by a doctor? Y yeah. Uh, every two years, I go in for a, uh, a, an airman's physical for, to be a pilot. I said, but that's, you know, very minimal. The doctor's like, yeah. But, you know, I thought to, the, the last time I was in the doctor for anything major, when I was in my mid-20s. And I had to get my vocal cords uh, worked on. 
because I blew out my voice. You know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. You could, I could tell just by looking at them people. They were scratching their heads about me. Because here's this overweight. You know, I think they were even kind of getting excited. Like, mm, I can't wait to check his vitals. This got to be bad. Nah, my blood pressure's hovering everywhere where it's always been. You know, they're like, well, we need to do something about this. You're, I mean, you're not, you're not over. You're just right on that inner right. I said, man, I've been dancing on that line my whole life. I said, that's just where this engine runs. That's just where that engine, that's where I'm at. Come on, y'all. Can y'all get with me? But anyhow, I won't tell you about the appointment so much, but but this morning, wouldn't you know that this morning when I, when I woke up, Tyler, now I had Tyler and A to pray with because uh, I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to get some agreement here. You know, the Bible says that if there are any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Anoint their, let them anoint their head with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. Prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise them up. If they have any sins, they'll be forgiven. Amen. So I asked Tyler and Ayla to pray with me. And I said, agree with me for healing. This has, been, this has been pestering me, but I'm trusting the Lord for healing. And I just wanted them to join their faith with mine, just in case I needed a little bit of faith. I wanted it to work quick. Amen. So they did. But when you know this morning when I woke up, I woke up with a larger pain than I have had in this entire two years. I mean, I, was, I was, went to get out of bed. I'm like, oh, oh man, I was hurting. I was hurting, so I start getting myself together to get ready. And uh, man, I was hurting. And I got in the shower. I was hurting through my old shower. I, I don't know why I didn't think to do this before I got in the shower. But after I got out of the shower, I got dressed. I stood in front of the mirror to do my hair because it takes me a while to do my hair. And <clears throat> I mean, all I got to do. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> spit shine. Um, I'm standing there in front of the mirror and I thought, well, you know what, I need to. So I put my arms out. Now I had Annie pray for me the other day and, and she prayed over me, but I put my arms out. When I put my arms out, my hand, this arm was this much shorter than this one. I was like, well, that's what it is. Man, I've got some kind of misalignment back there. So, you know, instead of calling Annie, I just got it out there. I said, I said in the name of Jesus, you know, Lord, I curse this and I command it to it blew, this, this arm, this arm shot out that much farther than the other. I could feel the Spirit. Of, I could feel the Spirit of God moving through my back. I could feel the Holy Ghost. So I was like, glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm standing right there praying for myself. I'm like, I can do this more often. <laughs> Just lay hands on myself in the mirror. Amen. Man, that old arm, Tyler, it stayed out there. For, it probably stayed out there for five minutes. And I stood there the whole time. I'm like, Lord, finish your work. Amen. And after I saw that it started to come back and everything started to line up right, and so I got my toothbrush out, brushed my teeth, and it was on with the day. By the time I got to the doctor, he's like, well, what, what do you got to do to get that pain? Man, I was trying to get that pain. I couldn't get that pain. I was moving. I'm, I'm moving around. I'm like, well... I said, usually, when it, when, it, when it manifested, it would manifest. And I, I told him, about it. he's like, ah, don't worry about it. He said, There's no, he said, your heart sounds good. He said, your lungs sound good. He said, you know, the only thing is your blood pressure. Come back in a couple weeks. 
I said, I'll just, I said, dude, I'll ride the bike for a couple days. I'll come up here and be fine. I said, the thing is, I just haven't been doing a whole lot lately of, of moving. But uh, we, we, we as God's people, we have to understand. Now, what, am I worthy of healing? No, I'm not. In the natural? Have I done what it takes to pay for a healing? Have I lived like I need to live to pay for it? Listen, you can't live like you need to live to pay for healing. You, can't, you don't cut the mustard. You can't make it. Are y'all hearing me today? And so we, we, you have to understand something. God's blessing and the manifestation of his spirit in your life isn't dependent on you doing everything right. So you, you listen, church, you have got to begin to, you've got to begin to renew your mind to the point where you don't, that, that, that when you're going through financial difficulty, the first thing that hits your mind is not, what did I do wrong? That the first time you hit a bump in your relationship, in your marriage, you're not thinking, what did I do wrong? And then all of a sudden, you know what you do? You open up the door to the devil. You open up the door to the enemy. You open up the door to the flesh. And when you open up that, are y'all hearing this? When you open up that door, all of a sudden, you know, the enemy, he'll come in and he'll start, he'll start telling you all kind of nonsense. And pretty soon, you'll either self-sabotage or the enemy will sabotage your life and try to get you in a place where he can kill. The, the, what's, what's the Bible say about the thief? The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that... What did Jesus say? I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Oh, lift lift up your hands and thank God. Amen. Glory to God. Say this with me. Say life and life more abundantly. See, that's, that's always what God has for you. Listen, if misery ever comes, you're listening to the wrong voice. You're following the wrong spirit. When trouble comes, listen, if if all you have is trouble, you're listening to the wrong voice. You're following the wrong, you say every time, every time. Listen, the the spirit of God can show up like he's been showing up in our church. And when the Spirit of God shows up, sometimes when the Spirit of God shows up in y'all's lives in this church, You don't come to a place of freedom. Immediately you go back to that place of religion. Because some of you, the only, some, you know why that is? Because some of you, the only time you've ever really met with God is when you were stuck in religion. When you were stuck in a place of trouble. (laughs) You know what? If, 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 if all we ever do is meet God in our failures, that you know what we obligate God to do? We obligate God to take us from failure to failure. Did you hear what I just said? Some of y'all might want, you might want to write that down or at least record it. Because, <laughs> amen. Because this, this will help you out. If all you ever do is meet with God and recognize God and recognize his presence in failure, then what happens then is that you obligate God to navigate your life by 
leading you from failure to failure, from difficulty to difficulty, from struggle to struggle. Tyler, can I use you as an example? One time, and I'm going I'm to give you some more scriptures here in a minute. These are scriptures, these are, these are refrigerator scriptures that I'm going to give you. These are uh, 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 mirror scriptures. <laughs> the ones that you tape on the mirror, not Tyler, but Ayla. Yeah, that you, <laughs> that you tape on the mirror and you read them every day. And you remind yourself of these things every day. But anyway, Tyler at one time struggled big time. He was struggling with anxiety. And um, he struggled with anxiety, with uh, a depression tried to come on him real bad, and, and uh, panic, uh, he'd have panic attacks. In fact, at our old building where we were at renting, uh, one, one night uh, he, he fell in the back, just the, 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 uh, the attack came so strong, the anxiety came so strong, that he was paralyzed with that anxiety and couldn't even move. It, it, it was immobilizing. We... Uh, uh, did we call? Did we call for rescue? Did we did we that night? And so they they took him to the hospital. Head side was like, yeah, don't worry. I don't know you were going to talk about that. <laughs> you know, I, I just said no if you was going to talk about that. But anyway, the, here's what I want to tell you about this. Um, at that at that time, Tyler, you know, in his walk with God, one of the things that I encouraged him with, and I've encouraged others that are here with this. Um, I I, I told him you have to be careful how you navigate the waters of where you're at. Because sometimes what happens is, is God will meet with us in a particular way. And when God meets with us in a particular way, it brings back memories of the last time we met God in that way. And sometimes instead of understanding what the Lord's trying to do in us, we go back in our minds to what we were going through the last time he met with us that way. And we assume, we make a lot of assumptions. If, 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 if every time you've, if every time you have met with God, if, if meeting with God, if being in the presence of God, I got to say this right. I've said this to y'all recently. Your concept of God determines, your concept of God determines how you receive from him. Your concept or your ideas about God determine how you receive from. So if your concept of God, if, if, the, if the concept that you have of God is that of a, uh, a redeemer or God being the forgiver of all your sins, and that's how you identify with God, then every time he shows up in your life, all you're ever going to see him as, as is all you're going to see him as is as a forgiver of sins. So what, what is that going to trigger in you? Well, when you meet with him, you're going to be like, oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh God, because that's how, you, that's how you conceptualize God. That's how you see him. But you know what? He's not just the forgiver of sins. In fact, Carmen used to have a song. He said, I call him Master, Savior, Lion of Judah. Blessed Prince of Peace. Uh, what was the next one? Uh, shepherd. Fortress. Rock of Salvation. Lamb of God is He. Son of David. King of the Ages. 
eternal life. Holy Lord of glory. Amen. I mean, he began to come up with every kind of name. Every, he began to identify God in ways that I had never... Uh, maybe, I, maybe I told you all this one time. One time I was... Uh, um, one time I was at a... Uh, it was a women's conference. It was a women's conference. <laughs> I was... A, I was uh, I, I, I've been born again maybe two or three months. And uh, they had a women's conference at the Mennonite Church in Archbold, Ohio. And uh, my, the lady who I consider to be a spiritual mother to me, she was teaching the conference, and I just asked if I could go. I just wanted to be there, you know. I, wanted, I was hungry. I wanted to learn. I wanted the Lord to help me, to give me greater understanding. I wanted to know the Word of God. Um, so <laughs> I went to this conference with these ladies, and they didn't mind uh, me being there. But anyhow, my... Uh, my uh, Spiritual mother, Corrine, she handed out these little uh, stickers of, that had the face of Jesus on them. And it was real cheesy. It's just like you think uh, a cartoon picture of Jesus, uh, the Jesus that we see in, uh, you know, in, in America, you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. And, but, she, you know, she gave out these pictures. And she handed them out. And she said, now I gave you all the stickers. She gave us all the same sticker. Gave us all the same picture. And she said this. She said, I want you all to take about five minutes and write down what you see in that picture. I was like, five minutes? It didn't take me five minutes. This minute. I, I, took, I wrote on my picture, Jesus. Jesus. Well, man, them ladies, they, they seemed like they were really laboring over it, you know. They were, they were writing. Some of them wrote for the whole five minutes, and some of them were still writing while others were talking. I mean, they were writing stuff down. It's like, what are they writing down? It's Jesus. I mean, it's very simple. That is Jesus. I recognize who that is. That is Jesus. And so Corrine says, all right, we're going to start, and we're going to thank God she didn't start with me. Thank God she didn't start with because she said, she said, all right, sister so-and-so, you start. We'll go around from there. And it was, she was lady clear on the other side. She said, tell us what you wrote down. She said, uh, I put Rose of Sharon, wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, alpha, omega, beginning and end. Well, she, listen, she, went, she went through this whole list. I'm like, ah! I was like, she saw a whole lot more than I saw. But see, I, I, under, I understood right at that moment that my concept of God was very narrow. Was very narrow. You know what? And, and when I began to try to conceptualize in that moment who I believed God was, all I could come up with was that he was the one who forgave me. I mean, that was all I could see. All I could see is that he forgave me. And, that's, and that was my walk with God. I would spend two and a half, three hours just confessing my sins every time I prayed. I couldn't, even, I couldn't even begin to petition God in prayer for anything else until I got my sins right. Until I cleared that, amen. Listen, I, I watch it. Y'all realize, y'all do realize I see your Facebook posts, right? I see your... I see, your, I, see your, I see your social media posts. And sometimes when y'all are posting about the things of God or you post something or share something, 
I, I, wonder, I wonder if you realize, and, and it's not that you have a wrong concept of God, but the concept that some of us have of God doesn't take us to a good place when he shows up. It doesn't take us to a victorious place. When God shows up, some of us don't go to a victorious place. In fact, most of the church, and I would, I would, and it's being, it's being revealed in what we're seeing happen in the, in the revival that is breaking out all over this nation. Jesus shows up and everybody is, is uh, they're, they're aware that the presence of God is there. But it doesn't take very long before they're on their knees and repenting. And that's all they're doing is repenting. Because the, the light of God shines in their life. And they see, uh, the, they see all the trash and all the garbage and all the things that are in those dark corners of their life. And then they begin to draw, people begin to draw this conclusion. No wonder God hasn't been able to do anything. Look at the trash in my life. Listen, I've got news for you. He started this revival with the trash that was in those people's lives. He showed up with the trash that was in the... Listen, he showed up for us with the trash that we have in our lives. You're not going to get rid of the trash of your life without him. It's not going to happen. Are y'all hearing me today? We've got to be less, we've got to be more God conscious and less sin conscious. Amen. When we come into the presence of God, we've got to be more God conscious than we are sin conscious. Because you will be aware of those, those, those things in your life that, that reside in the dark corners of your life. When the light of God shines in there, you're going to be made aware of those things that reside in those dark corners. But you know what? Those things aren't revealed because God wants to look at you and go, Aha! I caught you! Now he wants to shine in those places in your life because it's his desire to expel the darkness. To show you that he has the power to give you freedom in every place in your life. Even in the darkest places of your life. He's the one who has the power to free you in those areas. So, so how, do we, how do we respond to God then when the Holy Spirit shows up? You respond to God in the way that the Word of God tells you you ought to respond. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so, uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, let me see here. Uh, I'll give you a scripture. Isaiah chapter 51. Isaiah chapter 51. Thank you, sir. Glory to God. Verse, I'm sorry, verse 11. Isaiah 51, 11. Ho, 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 ho. This is, look, look, how the, look how the Bible tells us we're supposed to come into the presence of God. Are you ready? Therefore, the redeemed. Who are the redeemed? Who are the redeemed? Who are the redeemed? Amen. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. Do you know what Zion represents? The church. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. 
Amen. Amen. This, is, this is the way God wants us. This is the way God wants us to come into it. Amen. Now, the book of Isaiah, uh, the book of Isaiah, not the book of Isaiah, the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms. The book of Psalm. Chapter 100. Chapter 100. And we'll start with verse 1. We'll just read, we'll just read the whole thing. It says, make a, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with. If you're going to have revival, you're going to have to repent. Yeah, you're going to have to repent from being, from being so sin conscious that all you can do is whine and pee and moan about your sins and your struggles and your trouble. That's, are y'all hearing me today? That's what he wants you to turn away from. Where in the world in that, in that scripture does it say that we're all supposed to come together and repent and talk about how, how, how terrible we are and how... Come on now. He already knew you was terrible. We act like God doesn't know nothing. <laughs> we do, don't we? We act like God doesn't know nothing. We're talking to God like he didn't know what he was getting into. When he, amen. See, some of you didn't know what you was getting into when you took on your husband or you took on your wife. But, but listen, God wasn't that uninformed. God wasn't that uninformed. God knew it all. Amen. He saw it all. Glory to God. He saw it all. Amen. Oh, listen, boy, I'm about to shout. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and we not, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Amen. Do you know when all, when all, when the Lord started moving, starts moving, and even as the Lord has started to move in this season, because uh, when God starts to move and he starts to uh, do things that are different than anything we've witnessed or different than anything we've ever seen before, because it's different, sometimes and I, 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 do this, I do this myself. Sometimes what we do is we back up and we try to reassess. We try to figure out, okay, Lord, this is unfamiliar territory. See, it's, it's, human, it's human nature to lean upon our reasoning to determine what's going on. But you know what? You can't afford to turn to reasoning right now. Listen, time is winding up, church. We can't afford to lean upon that. You know, reasoning is the voice of the soul. And our soul is our flesh. Some of us, we want to we wanna go with what we feel. How many testimonies did we see come out of Asbury and other places? And the first thing those preachers and everybody that were there said, well, let me tell you what I feel. You know what? What you feel is a very poor indicator about what God is doing. 
You know what? Man, man has never been able to rely. Oh. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Think, think about Adam. What happened? What happened after Adam sinned? The Bible says that when God came to meet with Adam, after he sinned, now, now notice something. Adam didn't go to meet with God. How many of y'all know that God already knew what had gone down in that garden? God already knew what had went down in that garden. He, he was watching it. And you know what? He was cheering for Adam. Come on, Adam. Don't do this, boy. But he ended up, he ended up jacking it up. So what did God do? The Bible says this. God came down to meet with Adam. That sin that was in Adam's life didn't keep God from coming down to meet with him. But what, it, what was Adam's response? Adam's response wasn't to run to God. Adam's response was to hide from God. Why? Because Adam had become aware of something that he had never been aware of before. He was naked. <laughs> now he's aware of some things that he had never been aware of before. Guess what? His awareness, his awareness didn't keep him from God because God couldn't work with him. His awareness kept him from God because his awareness allowed his flesh to run in the other direction from God. Instead of running to the, instead of running to the solution, he ran away from the solution. Right. And you know what? We're still doing that today when we trust in our flesh. Right. We're, still, we're still doing that today when we trust in our natural man. Boy, I'm preaching. Yeah. I'm not even supposed to be, but I am. <laughs> Listen, folks, you sh there, there should never be a time that you leave out of here and you leave out of here feeling um, dejected. That you leave here feeling abandoned, rejected, down in the mouth. Every time you leave here, you ought to leave here encouraged. If you, if you leave here dejected, if you leave here discouraged, if you leave here down in the mouth, if you leave here thinking, well, I, boy, I got a long way to go. Boy, I know I'm preaching to every one of you now. Boy, you ought to look at y'all's faces right now. I wish I had a mirror so y'all could look at y'all. <laughs> so y'all could look at yourselves. Because listen, I, I do it too. I do it too. That, that's why it's important for us to keep pressing in and not abandon his word. That's, that's why the word of God is so important to us. You know what? Um, I had to back up whenever um, all you guys started meeting here without me. Y'all had that encounter with the Holy Ghost. And then I came and um, we, we, we all kept coming back to church. I, I, would, I took a step back. But I didn't take a step back because I thought, oh, woe is me, you know. I mean, that's you have to understand, that's definitely going to happen. When you come in the presence of God, you're going to have this, oh, woe is me moment. You're going to have an awareness of your filth and your garbage and your nonsense. It's going to be revealed. It can't go without being revealed when you step into the light. But that doesn't happen because God is trying to rebuke you. 
perfect. That'd have been a perfect sound effect. Uh, turn the lights off in here, Joe. All of them. Just turn all the lights off. It's going to get kind of dark, not too dark. All right. No, uh uh. Okay, so we're, we're in here in the dark. There's lots of things that can be hidden in the dark. So now turn on the light, Joe. Do we turn on the lights so we can see what's... what's so, yeah... So is it just for the purpose of exposing what is hidden? No. The light comes on so that we can navigate the environment in the way that God intended for us to. Amen. You know, you know, what, I re, you know what I realize when I get in the presence of God? I can't always trust my feelings. I can't always trust my reasonings. I can't always trust what I'm looking at from a distance. I could have gone, we, could, we all could have gotten in a bus and gone to Asbury. You know what most of us would have done when we got there? Feel anything? How do you feel? What do you feel? You know, that had been the, that had been the worst thing in the world that we could have done. Sometimes we go to conferences. That's what, that's what we do. What did you, what'd you feel? Well, you know what? God, don't, God ain't looking for you to... Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. You know, you know how we ought to have gone to Asbury? Glory to God. I mean, if we was going to do it. Hallelujah. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. She's singing back there? <laughs> Somebody's singing. We ought to be doing this according to the word. So if there's a big old pile of poo when, you tur- when the light gets turned on, I go, oh, look what I got to clean up. Ah. Uh, Lord, I can't sing for joy. Look at that big old pile of poo. I... Well, listen, you didn't know it was there. You couldn't, you couldn't clean it up. You couldn't clean it up if you wanted to. Only thing you can do is give him praise. Believe his word. Believe what he's already done in your life. Believe that if you'll press in and you'll continue to be faithful to him and do what he tells you to do, that eventually those things will lose their grip will lose their ability to take you off course. Amen. Will lose their ability to discourage you and get your mind off someplace else. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? There, there are times that God shows up and all, and all people ever do is they lock themselves into that concept and that idea of God that he's just the forgiver of sins. But guess what? He's the miracle worker. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. He's light in the darkness. He's deliverance from, you know what? He's the deliverer of sin. He will keep keep you from 
those things that are there before you in your life. But he's not going to keep you from them by you trying to clean them up yourself. It's when you trust him, when you believe his word, when you, when you do things according to the word of God. You know, Tyler, um, he, when he was out there in uh, Queen City, he mentioned this verse of scripture to us when he was here, but um, it was in Colossians, right? Colossians chapter 3. Go to Colossians chapter 3, and um, he read it in the Message Bible, and I'm glad he did because Message Bible says this in a way that I think is so, so cool. And I just listened to Tyler preach out there in Queen City, the whole message. I only caught a little bit. But look what it says. It says, uh, uh, Colossians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. I'm going to we'll put it up there in the message, Joe. Uh, it's very cool. So it says, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. <laughs> I love that. If you're serious about it, well, then act like it. Act like you're serious about it. Amen. You're the redeemed of the Lord. Turn to someone, tell them you're the redeemed of the Lord. <clears throat> Listen, quit identifying yourself with who you used to be. Quit identifying yourself with what you were at one time. Melody, this scripture here might help you in, in some of the things that you've been looking at as well uh, that you text me about. This is very cool. He says, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ pr presides. Did you hear what that just said? Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along eyes to the ground. Absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what's going on around Jesus. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. I'm preaching to y'all right now. Your old life is dead. Say that with me. Say your old life is dead. Your old life is dead. Turn to, turn to, I don't, listen, it don't matter how you feel. Right. Listen to me. It don't matter how you feel. I don't care. Marissa, I don't care what you were up to last night. Your old life is dead. Pastor Annie, we don't care. We don't care if he was road raging on the way to church. <laughs> she was, and I was driving. But we would, that's, that, here's the thing. If we saw Pastor Annie out yelling at someone, you know, on the side of the road because they cut her off or something like that, which wouldn't be her, you know. Y'all, I'm just saying. But anyway, if we saw that, you know what? I'll be honest, that ain't her. We know good and well that it. We've seen her. We've seen the real her. The real her, when she gets in the presence of God, is laid flat on her face before the Lord, saying, God, you can do it again. Amen. Listen, you don't, you don't bounce back and forth. You are not schizophrenic. You are not multiple personality disordered. That is not you. There's the old you, and there's the new you. Amen. I am still preaching. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He's your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, 
you'll show up too. The, the real you. The glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Amen. Now, I want to read it to you in another version here. Because um, <laughs> I think sometimes we, we get in these struggles and we do it. So I want to read it to you in the New King James Version. It says, if, if, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, now, now here's what I want to read to you. In the, look what it says. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Here's what it's saying. Die to your flesh. And then it goes and it talks about fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. <clears throat> now, I want you to see this, and I want you to hear it, and I want you to know it. I want you to get this in your spirit. Are you ready? Yes. Look what it says. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Look at me. Don't read no more. Look at me. When we think about these things, fornication and all these other things, uh, uh, idolatry, dis disobedience, whatever. And then we read that, that. That because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. We think that's talking to us. But guess what? That verse ain't talking about you. Do you know how I know? Look at the next verse. In which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Guess what? You are not a son of disobedience. You were, but you aren't it. I'm about to throw my glasses at somebody. See, we, we try to put ourselves, uh, we try to put ourselves in the place where we were before we were in Christ. And guess what? You are not who you were before you were. You are not a child of disobedience. You might still struggle with some of those. Listen, some of you might struggle with fornication. But guess what? It's not a deal breaker. You know why? Because you are no longer a son of disobedience. Glory to God. Because if you were a son of disobedience, then God's wrath would be kindled against you. But because you are the redeemed of the Lord and you're struggling with fornication, you have hope. Amen. You have hope of freedom. You have hope of deliverance. You have hope of victory. He will bring you out if you will trust him. Amen. See, that's the, that's the joy that's the, the power and the authority that we have as believers, as people who, have, who are the redeemed of the Lord. And, and this is the message that we have to get out to those who give their hearts to Jesus. In the, you know, people are giving their hearts to Jesus. 
And they don't, they don't realize that they're new people. They think that they're just old people that, are, that have gone through a reconditioning. That, they, that their old paint was just stripped off and then God painted some new paint and made them shiny. <laughs> That's not what's happening here. It goes on, it says this, <laughs> verse 8, but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian or however you want to say it, slave nor, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen. Amen. So the, the word is encouraging. Listen, the word encourages us to do right, but we're not, we're not trying to do right in the strength of our own might. Only way we can do it is in his presence. Right. Amen. Amen. But we've got to come with the right posture. Listen, if you come into the presence of God with your head down, you're not going to see Christ and who he is and what he's done for you. All you're going to see is the dirt that's on your feet that was left there by you trying to walk through the conditions of this life in this world. And you're just, you're just going to try to discourage yourself and, and be like, well, he's still working on me. Yeah, anybody remember that old song? That It was a kid's song. We sang it, we sang it at kids' church. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. So, you know, I mean, even, even the song is wrong. I mean, it's, 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 give, it's spitting facts, but it's saying, it's saying that it was easier for God What God, God don't have the strength of the might to bring about change in a moment. Hey, 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 that was from an old TV series in the seventies called what's happening. Remember the Dwayne Wayne was the dude's name. Hey, hey, hey. It's a guy named Rerun on that show. He used to dance. We used to think it was cool. Just do a YouTube search on Rerun. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you one more scripture and then we'll be. Any questions? I'm, I'm closing it out here. Boy, on Wednesdays, y'all are getting awfully sober on Wednesdays. You're either getting sober or you're getting tired. It's one or the other. Um, let me let me look it up right here. <clears throat> Matthew, I believe it's Matthew chapter chapter. Um, 
13. Verse 10, look what it says. Matthew 13, 10, it says this. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Talking about the crowd that was following after Jesus. Y'all remember that? Why do you speak to them in parables? Verse 11 says this. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Say this with me. Say mysteries of the kingdom. Do you know who it's been given to to know the mysteries of the kingdom? Those that are born again. Those that are believers. It's been given to you that are here tonight to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Do you know who it's not given to know the mysteries of the kingdom? Those that are away from God. So what are those mysteries? Those mysteries are what we talked about here tonight. Because you know what? To them, it's a mystery. They think we're a bunch, a bunch of hypocrites, you know. And, but they see that we have a, that there's something. Amen. You know that, listen, I'm going to tell you all right now. They look at you and they don't, they can't figure you all out. And I don't care if they're hostile towards you or they're ugly towards you. If you're truly a believer, if you're truly a Christian, when the people of this world, whether they're your family members, friends, whether they're uh, people that you know from work, acquaintances, when they look at you, they are perplexed. They can't figure it out. You know why? Because they know where you came from. And then some of you exhibit sometimes some of the very same behaviors that you had prior to being born again. Where'd that come from? Oh, it came from here. Prior to being born again. But you know what? Then you know what they see evidence? God's favor in your life. God's spirit working for you. To them, it's a mystery. They have no idea. But guess what? They, they're never going to figure it out until they get born again. They're never going to figure it out until Jesus comes into their life. But see, you have to understand, God has given, God has given for you to know these mysteries. Amen. And so you need to walk in the victory that comes with knowing the mysteries that at one time were hidden. But they weren't hidden from you. They were hidden for you. Amen. Amen. They weren't hidden from you. They were hidden for you. So that you could live in the freedom that God intends for you to live in. That's, that's the working of the Spirit in our lives. So you know what? That's why we're going to continue to be about the Father's business. Doing what we know the Father has told us to do. Being who the Father told us that we're supposed to be. You know what? We're not going to, we're not going to get caught up in what some people are going to get caught up in. Which is, you know, getting over there and just... Uh, taking this and using it as an occasion to the flesh or as an opportunity to try to um, um, get, into, get into something that you know, God never intended for us to get into. But we, I definitely don't want you coming to the house of God and being like, oh, yeah, give me 10 minutes to pray through. My God, if some of y'all some got any more prayed through, you'd, 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 uh, you'd, you'd be like Enoch. You would be and then you wouldn't be no more. I mean, if God touched you anymore, some of you would just be gone. 
the chariot of the Lord would appear and, and you'd be caught up into heaven in a whirlwind like Elijah. I mean, I mean, that's God. And I don't know about y'all, but I've, I mean, that'd be cool, but I'd rather not. You know, you know what I mean? I'd rather not. I mean, I love the Lord and I love to walk with God, but I'd rather go ahead and, and do what he's called me to do and be what he's called me to be here in this, in this season, in this time, here on planet Earth for this, for this hour. Amen. Any, any, any questions? I didn't think so. I thought I was pretty thorough. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Don't live after the flesh. Live after the spirit. Uh, you say, well, how do I do that, Pastor? By, do, by going against what your flesh says. By going against what your flesh says. You know what? If your flesh tells you don't go to church, you know what you do? You head to church. It's that simple. It really is that simple. You say, yeah, but when you don't feel like it, listen, you do lots of stuff you don't feel like doing. How many, how many of y'all work every day? Eight hours a day. You don't want to do You don't. Y'all don't want to do that, but you do it. See, I got to. I got to. See, I don't. Here, here's my deal. I get to. And that's, that's, the, that's the shift that needs to happen in your, in your mindset. The enemy will always have a place to whoop you if you have to. But when you get to, glory to God. Glory to God. So when your flesh is saying, nah, you got to go to church, you'll be like, mm, 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 glory to God. I get to, it's church day, amen. You know, you know what I mean? And then you set, your, you set your heart. I'm coming into his, amen into his presence with thanksgiving in my heart and entering his courts with praise. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Father, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you'll continue to encourage us uh, with this word. Help us, God, as we uh, go out of here tonight to keep our eyes kept directly on you and our feet planted directly on the foundation of your word, Lord. We, we refuse to allow the enemy uh, or our flesh to uh, knock us in the ditch. But, Lord, we're grateful. We're grateful that you have, number one, that you saved us. <laughs> number two, that you put your spirit in us and that you made us a promise that he that has begun a good work in us will be faithful to complete it in Jesus' name. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that, Lord. So let your spirit continue with us as we go out of here today. Go with us, and we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Praise the Lord.